Peace family, my name is Bengali Dumbia and welcome to BG Speaks. This is our second episode and today we'll be talking about friendships, the importance of friendships, the importance of a powerful circle, the importance of just empowering yourself in order to be in your circle. Last week, you had the opportunity to um, listen to me go about who I was and what do I do. I'm just an educator. My platform is to teach young kings and queens to prosper and an avenue for education, enlightenment, social advancement, and just dope content. On this platform, we do not discriminate. We choose to find all aspects to build and making sure our audiences are always staying aware. Uh, Just to hop right into it, friendship, friends. The idea of having friends is, is something that can be very delicate because who we allow into our lives will truly dictate what we become or where we go. And working with younger kids, younger people, or just my own personal life, I see that when young kids start school, like let's say a freshman starts school for the first time, they don't know anybody. They come in, they're quiet, they're all timid. They're all trying to um, break into the, they're all trying to break into the person that they're supposed to be. And you start to see the trend. You start to see people gravitate towards each other and becoming friends. And you can tell, okay, this group of friends, they're really going to push each other, motivate each other. When things are down, they're going to check each other. And then you got this group of friends over here who's just about the life of the party, right? And um, balance is key. Balance is everything. But you want to... I started to identify and watch a lot of my students who didn't have a sense of identity for self and went into a group, went with a group and that group started to dictate who they were. And that to me is one of the most dangerous, dangerous things ever. You know, to, to be a friend, you have to first value yourself. To be a friend, you have to first value the environment that you're in, right? You have to value what do, you, what, what do you bring to the table? All too often, when we talk about having friends, it's about what the friend can give to us. And in actuality is, what can we all give to each other? How can we build organically, right? Are we just friends because of social media? Because it looks good? Are we just friends because, you know, we have the same common interests, so we never really truly check each other? Are we friends because, you know, I just don't want to be lonely, but in actuality, that's all you're promoting, right? These are the type of questions that we constantly have to ask ourselves, even while we have our close friends, those friends that we grew up together, we did everything together. You still got to go back into the lab and and like really question like, okay, what type of friendship do I have? In this season, what type of friend am I Am I to you, right? Am I the friend that, that you need to help you build your business? Am I the friend that you need for the advice piece because you have some great content and I can help you? Am I the friend that's gonna be the shoulder for you to cry on because right now this season is a tough season for you, right? And that goes vice versa to the friend that we're actually helping. For a very long time, for me personally, I thought that friends were just liabilities because growing up, I saw both my parents, they were, I mean, they were, they were phenomenal. They were well, they were always going out. They were, 
you know, they were doing their thing and they were, the love was there. But when my parents divorced, I, uh, I started to really study patterns and I started to see that a lot of the people my father called friends stabbed them in the back, right? Because they moved funny. They did certain things like, you know, trying to go talk to, uh, you know, my mother and tell her certain things. And I'm like, wow, like, I thought you guys were friends. How could you, like, go behind your friend's back and do that? So seeing that and also seeing my mother interact with certain of her friends and uh, the things that were said behind her own back after certain situations, it kind of, like, uh, in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Having a friend is a liability because if I tell you something, I can't trust that it's going to just stay with you, right? I can't trust that. And at 26 years old, I'm learn. I'm unlearning or going back to what I said in my last episode, I'm demoting a lot of the things that I know, right? To, to put things up there that I can value. Like I can value authentic friendship, but I need to value myself first, right? When I started to value myself first, that's when I started to attract the right friends into my circle. I started to attract the right people into my circle. And it takes time. It takes time because I felt as though I deserved this friendship, right? But who was I? What work did I do on myself to become a better friend? What initiative was I taking to hit people up to ask them how they were doing? Or what initiative was I taking to, you know, just become uh, that that resource for that person or, or an heir, you know? And something that for a very long time, even till today, I'm currently working on is, you know, being the friend that can listen, right? I do have, when I get passionate sometimes, I can go off and the friend may feel as though like, look, I can't speak. And um, that's something constantly I want to work on. But I know that, I know that's a flaw of mine, right? And I know that flaw is there, one, because I've identified how valuable I am. But once I've identified how valuable I am, I can also acknowledge, okay, you have this flaw and you should be able to work on it because people value you, you value yourself, and you're a valuable friend. So how do we continuously grow with the individuals that are around us? Dr. John Henry Clark, uh, who is a famous African-American historian, the late Dr. John Henry Clark, he said, you have no friends. You have no friends. Look in the mirror and that's going to be your only friend. And um, in the context that he was using it in, he used it in his history terms, historical terms, meaning, you know, the African-American in that time period, you have no friends. Stop trying to look for friends outside of your community and look at yourself first. Help yourself first. Help those around you first that look like you. Right. And I took that and I realized that you have no friends until you value that person in the mirror. You have no friends until you value your energy. You have no friends until you value what you bring to the table. When you identify and understand what you bring to the table, you are able to dictate your friendships. You are able to let your partners know like, okay, this is how I'm moving. And if you can't move this way with me or when I need you, then I think we're gonna have to cut this short because I need to get to a certain destination And I need you to be on board just as much as you need me to be on board when you get ready to do what you got to do. And um, Dr. John Henry Clark was someone that was really big on 
on just being authentic, being real, understanding who you are. And constantly, every day, it, it should it should be a work in progress in understanding what type of circle am I in, right? Uh, am I the fifth bum in my circle or am I the fifth wealthiest person in my circle, right? What are we speaking about? Are we speaking about finances? Um, are we speaking about politics? What are we building on? Are we building on... Um, uh, uh, working out because we are in a generation that we're very we're very transparent about a lot of things. We don't just keep people around us, and you shouldn't just keep people around you because you feel as though you know you don't want to be alone. You know, at some point in your life, you're gonna you're gonna have to embrace isolation because even identifying how valuable you are, it, it comes through isolation. And the idea of isolation, we're gonna talk about it in other episodes. We're gonna build on that. But when it comes to you as an individual, you have to be able to get yourself in that space where you're going to grow, right? When you grow, you start to look at your groups of friends again and you're like, okay, what is it about these people that I'm still around them? One thing that we have to acknowledge is the people that are around us are just a reflection of who we are. Your friends that are around you are a reflection of who you are. If you got the ratchet friend around you, there's ratchetness in you. If you got the artistic friend around you, there's, an art, um, there's art inside of you, right? If you got the friend that's out here living lavishly, scamming, but you ain't scamming, somewhere inside of you, you want to live lavishly, maybe not through scamming, but you've attracted that energy to you, right? And all those friends are a piece of you. They're all a piece of you. They all are... Are, are, are a part of your essence, your being, right? Do you walk away from your essence of your being or do you sharpen it? Do you, do you get better at friendships, right? Do you get better at acknowledging who you are? Um, for, for a minute now, I'm like, you know what? What type of friend am I, right? And I had to realize I am the, the friend that, you know, I will inspire you. I will motivate you. Even when you're down, even when I'm down, I'll motivate you. Because that's the best thing I know how to do as a friend, right? Um, for me personally, I need the friend who has structure, who can tell me, look, maybe you should view it this way, you know, A, B, C, and D, because my mind can be so grand that it surpasses the structural piece, right? The friend who can walk me through a workout, right? Because I know I can go to the gym and lift the whole world, but how does that look? Maybe a, a vegan friend, I'm not vegan, but they can give me a, a perspective, right? So it's all about who you want to keep around you as an investment. Your friends are going to be your real estate investment. Your friends are going to be your car collection, right? Does it depreciate or does it pick up in value? Your friends are your stocks, you know? Uh, they're, they're your securities that you put money in every month and you watch it grow, it's not going to grow overnight, but it's part of the process. Um, I don't want to keep you guys uh, waiting, but I just want to end this off with Bishop T.D. Jakes talked about the three C's. The three C's uh, are you have your confidant, your constituent, and your comrade. And I was listening to Bishop T.D. Jakes, and I'm like, wow, this is this is something that it, it's it's real, like. He states in the video, in life, your confidant, in your lifetime, if you have three confidants, you've done well. Your confidant is someone who's about you. 
They're not about your success. They're not about, you know, the luxuries. They're not about anything else but you. But being that you are involved with other things, they're going to be about that as well. They're only in it for the for your own benefit. They're only in it, not for their own benefit, but for your benefit. Because they're about you. And then you have your constituent. Don't ever confuse your constituent and your comrade. No, and your don't ever confuse your constituent and your confidant. A constituent is meant to work for you, right? They're gonna come in, they they're gonna seem like a confidant, they're gonna seem like someone that you can tell your secrets to, you can you can build with. Absolutely not. That is not the person that you do that with. Because your constituent will leave you at the sight of a new opportunity. You have to you have to realize that. Your constituent will leave you at the sight of a new opportunity. And then they'll take your secrets with them and they might give it elsewhere. So be very cognizant of that. The last, you have your comrade. Your comrade is not your confidant, it's not your constituent. They're not your friends at all, at all. They're your allies. They're going to come together. They're going to they're, they're gonna come with you and, and, and fight in war, right? To take down a common enemy. But then they'll go back to where they're at and might even fight you. But they know... They know that by that by building this megazord with you, they can take down this enemy. We see it today with the United States of America. When individuals want to get something, uh, they, they, they try to get those goals aligned together to take down a nation, right? But then once, that, once the takedown happens, they go back to their regular spaces and continue war at each other. So the three C's, you're confident. At least three in a during your lifetime, right? That person is about you, everything about you. Then you have your constituent. That person's working for you. Just because you cut the check for someone don't mean that they got to know your whole life. Let's keep it a buck. And then you got your comrade. Your comrade, look, we're going to link together. We're going to build, right? We're going to fight the enemy. But then I'm going to go back to my corner because I still want to fight you. Remember those, those three C's that sent you. Man, I just want to say thank you for tuning in today. Episode two, friendships. What are we doing with them? See you next Sunday. What's up, y'all? It's your man, Bengali Dumbia, also known as BG Speaks. I just want y'all to remember this platform is to teach young kings and queens to prosper. An avenue for education, enlightenment, social advancement, and just dope content. On this platform, we do not discriminate and we choose to find our aspects to build and making sure our audiences are always staying aware. Look, we on episode four. I'm excited now because, shoot, you can find me on Apple, you know? Hashtag BG Speaks and tune in, subscribe, leave some reviews, you know, leave some stars there too. It's good, it's good, it's good. If it's great content, please show me. Um, last episode, you know, I, I invited my, my a good friend of my own, you know, spoke about some international issues that was going on. But today I just wanted to get back to the basics of who Bengali is and uh, the motivator, the, I call myself the Yoda, right? <laughs> I can become the enlightened one. Um, but lately I've been wanting to build with my audience about trauma, right? Where does trauma derive from? Where does trauma come from? And um, just recently, today, um, I was listening to Polo G's album. And 
I was listening to it and I'm like, damn, like it's a lot of trauma in his music. And just listening to the album Championships by Meek, the the, the second song in the album is called Trauma. And we come from a culture where we idolize trauma. We idolize all the things that we've been through. We idolize it, you know, because it got us this far. With the pain and the hurt, it got us this far, you know. Um, we didn't really have that many joyful days. Days where you could remember you were smiling, your family was happy, people weren't broke. Like, <laughs> you know, you had more days where you heard more issues than you, you know. You had more candlelights for birthday celebrations. You got individuals that come from households where the the idea of love isn't isn't something that's felt. They don't know what it is. They don't even know what to say, how to say I love you to their mothers and their fathers. And it's a real thing, you know. And um, I I know that my trauma personally, and to always to be transparent, is that you know, seeing my parents divorce, like you know, like seeing my father beat my mom up, like you know, like physical abuse, like. You, you ask yourself, like, yo, like, what's going on with you, sir? Like, you know, and um, I've had to grow up to understand certain things about my father or my mother, right? I had to understand the traumas my father had himself and the traumas my mother had from her parents, like, traumas that were passed down. And these it's crazy because we're in a generation now, the millennials, where we get to talk about our traumas, where we get to build on our traumas, where we get to break these things down and understand, like, what's going on? We're the generation that's breeding a new generation that's allowing that generation to speak for themselves, to acknowledge what they're feeling. Our parents didn't, sometimes didn't have the opportunity to do that. If you came from poverty, your parents really didn't even have time to, to listen to you, you know? And um, I always speak from the perspective of a young black man in America, but also a young African man in America, right? Born to two parents who were born in the motherland, coming to America. They didn't know much about this place. They didn't know what they were walking into. They just didn't, you know, like a lot of my uncles and aunts didn't know what they were walking into. In their mind, it was get money, go back home, get money, go back home. But they didn't know they were going to have kids, you know? They didn't understand the traumas that they were going through because a lot of them were uneducated. You know, education does play a key role in understanding your traumas because there's certain things that you're not cognizant about because you haven't um, advanced your brain. Like, you haven't pushed your brain to a certain level. And, you know, being in a classroom or being in educational spaces, you're pushed to, to think at some point, you know? I know from... <laughs> From middle school to high school, it seems like you're just getting information. But when you reach the collegiate level, you're pushed to think, you're pushed to research, you're pushed to search for yourself because you're losing yourself in all this knowledge. And I've had to understand that for quite some time, I've been traumatized. I've been traumatized from my pops, right? Leaving, like not being here physically. You know, like who do I look up to from a male perspective? There was a time I was looking up to different males because I just needed a big brother. I just needed an uncle. I needed somebody. I needed some guidance in this world. I needed to find myself because I was losing myself. And, like, I had family, but, like, even my cousins, and I got a cousin here today, Maury Dumbia. He going to share his piece. Um, he be like, yo, you got family. But it's, I didn't feel like I had family, you know? I didn't feel like I had anybody that was there for me, you know? Like, the loyalty piece. I even have loyalty over everything tattered on my chest because I, f I felt a sense of detachment from 
individual. So I needed to learn how to be loyal to myself so I won't have these reoccurring traumas. But even a tattoo couldn't save me. And um, I've had to forgive my mother for, for certain things that she did because, I mean, we're going to build on those things on other episodes, but it, it left me real traumatized. It, helped, it left me in a place of I couldn't trust individuals. One, I couldn't trust myself. Two, I couldn't trust other individuals because of the backstabbing, the, the talking behind individuals' back, you know, the bringing people down, the plotting. That really, like, yo, it, it did something in my brain. And what, the thing with trauma is you could, you could try to get yourself spiritually right, but if your brain isn't programmed to get out of trauma, you're going to stay in that. You know, like Meek said a line in the song where he said, we, I'm, I'm, I'm misquoting him, but he said, we didn't suffer PTSD because we would smoke our we'll smoke our traumas away, and I'm like, damn, son, that's de- like that that's deep, son. Like, because when you're in the hood, you see individuals, you know, getting high. Why why are we getting high? Why are we not remaining grounded for? Ain't nothing wrong with um with indulging, brothers and sisters, but why do we do it, right? Why do we get into it? There was a time I was drinking a lot of liquor. Right? And even recent, like, even in recent moments in my life where I've, I've started to learn more about myself and about what triggered me. And I didn't even know I was traumatized. And that's the thing about trauma. You never even know that you're even traumatized until you're put in a situation to understand that you were traumatized. So you, you don't know till you're triggered. And you don't even know about your triggers because you never even got to test your triggers. And it's crazy to understand, to, to know these things. But it, it comes with a self, a level of like, I, I know myself now, right? But we never really truly know ourselves. We, we are, we're always working in. Um, I would, I, in college, I got drunk a lot. Like, I got drunk and I got lost. Like, I got lost, son. And I didn't know what I was running away from. And I thought I was getting lit like everybody else, you know? But I would get angry. I would get mad. I would want to fight people, you know? And um, a lot of my traumas just came from childhood, but it, it continued, you know, like from bad relationships to bad relationships to me doing women wrong to women doing me wrong in spiteful ways and things like that. Like it really traumatized me and I've had to, even till today, still unlearning a lot of things to relearn things. Some days I don't feel like I'm worthy because of my traumas. How do I get my mind out of it? It's a mental dark battle to get out of trauma. It's a mental dark battle. But guess what? In life, just as much as you need light, you need darkness. And and I'm not going to keep on going. I'm going to introduce my, my cousin, actually, Maury Dumbia. Like He's somebody that is crazy. We grew up, we grew up all together. But I remember growing up with his younger brother and not him, right? But now we like, we're very close. <laughs> but like, you know, we come from households where there's like trauma. And yo, bro, I just wanted to like kind of piggyback off like what you was talking about, pain. Like, like what was that joint about pain that you was talking about that you said that yo, you heard about it and you're like, yo, son, this, this resonated with me. No, what I was saying is that my previously had a conversation with a... Uh, my bad. My bad. If you could just introduce yourself. Oh, quick. sorry about that. Sorry about that. This is your boy, Maury Dumbia, <laughs> founder, CEO, of Legendary Anatomy. It's your boy. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> 
You try, you try. It's cool. It's nah, cool. yeah, I was just speaking about um on pain and on joy. I don't know. I was saying I had a conversation with one of my friends previously about pain, and I was saying that the, you know, from my past experiences, that I kind of relied on pain to push me forward because I didn't really believe in joy. And coming from my type of background, my, my dad is a polygamist, so I didn't really see... He practiced polygamy. And for those that don't know about polygamy... Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. For those that don't know about polygamy, let me get that declared definition of Google right quick. Polygamy is the practice, a custom of having more than one wife or husband at the same time. Yeah, so his father had more than one of them. Yeah, so being my father being a polygamist or coming from a Muslim background with multiple wives, the the structure or the essence of marriage was kind of different according to American society. You know, I watched Even Stevens and Lizzie McGuire and that's a rave, and I seen how a married couple conduct themselves in a in a household. And I look back to my mom and dad; it's totally different. You know, mom's in the kitchen cleaning, dad's in the couch sleeping. Nobody's talking to each other. They ran the house more more like a business than in anything. Don't get me wrong, it was functional, but it was it was more to a means to an end. It was like my parents was in love and met each other. You know, my mom was giving away to my dad when she was 16. So the age of 16, my mom already knew that she was gonna marry my father. So, and going back to the topic, pain. I'm just saying that from like I said, from my environment, you know, I seen a lot of things that you know kind of scare you. You know, I see my friend get killed in front of my face. You know, got shot with a Glock 9 in front of my face over a basketball game. Stuff Shoot. like that. Remember when the gun was put to your head? Yeah, like, once. We ain't going to yeah, talk too much yeah, about that. Yeah, we ain't going to talk too much about that. But, <laughs> like, you know, stuff like that have you paranoid, man, to the point that, you know, being raised in the hood. And I was a wild boy back then. And I, I met every situation I dealt with force. I, I didn't even believe in conversation and speaking it out. It was all about force at the end of the day for me. And I learned, I learned how to, uh, you know, have to have conversation with people, like not, re- not resort to violence, you know, because. And, know. and and hold on, let me stop you right there, like, like, gun to the head, seeing friend get killed, and there's way more things that we're not gonna talk about on the podcast. Of course, we're gonna leave that for where we're gonna leave it at, right? How did th- these are all traumatizing moments, bro? These are all traumatizing moments. How did you feel in those moments? Like, how did you feel, like, in those moments? Can you recollect how you felt when your mans got killed in front of you? Like, I mean, I mean, when you're 15, you see someone get killed or get shot in the head in front of you. You don't know what to make of it, you know? At one point, you know, I, you know, I was scared as hell because, you know, my friends just cold, you know, cold on the floor. and. I, like, think about it right now, I kind of get a little angry about it because I was powerless at that moment, you know? I could talk about strength and, and how to how to defend yourself, boxing, kickboxing, whatever you want to talk about. But at that moment, at 15, I was powerless. And there's nothing I could have done. There's nothing I could have done to stop the bullet. It was just something, it was just a reality at that time that I had to take that. And it, it, oh man, it's crazy that you say that because when you say powerless, it reminds me of the times where I watched my father beat my mother up and I was powerless. And now that I'm talking about it, bro, it makes more sense why I always want to be a protector. Why I always want to be around. Because it's like in that moment when I was younger, he was just like, he was bigger than me, you know? What you gonna do? And then you see a pops 
beating your moms up. And look, it's it's a two-way street, but I never advise any man to put their hand on a woman. We already spoke about that. But we're going to build it on another episode. But, like, just seeing that, bro, I was powerless. And that trauma, right, got me to where I'm at today. And it's like, I always got to be the constant protector. But with me now identifying that that trauma piece is there, I'm learning how to move forward. So that's powerful that you say that. Yeah. And then I tell people all the time, for me, when I say I rely on pain more than joy, because, you know, a lot of people are, are great actors. You know, you see a lot of people smiling, suffering from depression. A lot of people, you know, joking around, but internally they, they crying for help. And, you know, because they can't, they wear this mask because it's, I don't know if they're afraid to tell, or afraid to ask for help, but for me, pain was always my best, my best teacher. I always tell people pain and suffering got me a long way. You know, I, I kind of not not lived in my pain, but I embraced the pain. And I used the pain as fuel to you know, propel me to better better things. And from from anything, you know, from school, you know, sports, you know, even my personal life. And, and you learn things as you grow, you know. And, you know, one thing I learned from life is that, you know, you always want to reflect on your past, you know, embrace, embrace your present and look forward to your future. Because at the end of the day, man, your past... It's always, always something you always want to reflect on, you know? And definitely, definitely embrace your present. Whatever's going on in your present life right now, embrace it. Good or bad. And definitely looking for the future. You know, we work, we work for a better future, or I hope you're working for a better future. And I'm not here to judge nobody, but I'm just telling you, don't, 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 don't sleep, don't dwell on your pain. Just, you know, embrace it and use it as energy to, to get you to better places in your life, you know? And don't be one of these people, you know, Pain eventually is gonna it's gonna fade away. You no, know, pain is never gonna be internal. You no, know? you go through something painful, you, you adapt and you, you know you move on. You know. And and um, just to just to go back, a book that I was reading that I would advise like many people to read. Um, it's called Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Uh, he was interviewing the devil, and um, you know the devil spoke by adversity, and uh. The devil spoke about adversity. The devil said that, you know, I put adversity there to test you, you know, to to to, to build to for God is to build your character, for the devil is to test you to to see that if you could become a slave, you know? And um a lot of times we 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 go through these moments, man, where we've been through so much shit, man. Excuse my friends. We've been through so much, it's like Growing up, like, and I'm 26 and I'm still working on taking away certain things, like understanding why I attract certain people into my life, you feel me? Or or why these people are attracted to me, you know? Like, why are you coming to me, you know? There, there, there's a time where, you know, even as a in, at the high school level, when I look at some of my kids and I see the little bullying that's going on, I stop it because... Those little bullying, it builds up over time. Even at the middle school level where I was always fat boy, you feel me? But fat boy at some point started to look good. So when a woman approached me, I'm kind of shocked. Like, what? I'm ugly? Like, you know what I mean? Because I still got that trauma in my head. Like, of people making jokes about me, you know? Or cutting my ass. That's the word, right? Cutting my ass. So now that I'm taking care of myself, you look, you know, really building this man... Because coming from trauma, dwelling with pain, understanding pain, you got to start building the man or the woman that you want to become. 
You know what I mean? Now that I'm building and I'm starting to see people approach me, I'm like, hold up. You sure you're talking to me? Like, me? Out of all people? You know, I remember, <laughs> like, I remember some girl in, in middle school. She, she, excuse me, I hope this, he ain't listening to it. But I, between me and him, and he had a lot of pimples on his face. <laughs> you feel me? But she picked him. And it's like now, same girl see you, it's like, hey, how you doing? Wow, you different. And in my head, I'm like, wow, like, but in middle school, you were, you know, but these are all things that pile up over time, you know? These are all things that pile up over time. And I listen to like guys like, like Beanie Siegel, right? When they talk about feel it in the air. When he's saying those lines, and I'm gonna pull up some of his lyrics, right? While we, while we, while we building. But when he's talking about some of the things he's talking about, it's a lot of trauma behind it, you know? And in our community, we don't really speak on those things, bro. We don't. And like, my question to you is, why do you feel like we don't speak on these things? Like, why do you feel like? Mm, to be honest with you, I can't really. I can only speak for myself. I don't feel like being come from come from, come from where we come from. We not taught to speak on these things, like, especially me. Like, I'm learning now, 27 years old, how to speak. But I had to communicate my my emotions and feelings a lot better. Everything to me was because I'm a man. I'm a I'm a I'm a swallow the pill and just you know I'm a just take it in. I'm just not seeing nothing and just deal with it the way I deal with it. And trust me, man, that was a bad way of doing things because like, it got me to fights, arguments. It got just, it got me to certain situations. God knows why I was in those situations. And if I would have vocalized my emotions and feelings a lot better, I would have never been in those situations. And I feel like now. Since, you know I mean, you know, information is, is out there, it's very accessible to everybody now. I just feel like we gotta teach the youth every day how to communicate emotions Come on, son. a lot better. You know Come what I'm on, saying? son. But yo, valid. And um just looking at this joint, it's saying, um, Beanie Siegel, I feel in the air, we all know it. Um, well I hope my crowd knows it. I sit alone on my floor in the room staring at hammers, ready to go bananas. Two vests on me, two Uzis, extra clips on me. I know my mind ain't playing tricks on me. I ain't skits on me. Ain't nobody dropped a mic on me. It's like they trying to pop a sick on me. I hear this voice in my head, in my mind like, Matt, tighten up your circle before they hurt you. Read the body language. 85% communication nonverbal. 85% swear they know you. 10% you know they stories. Man, the other five, I'm going to show you. Yo. And I'm saying this because I'm, I'm, re- I'm reading these lyrics, right? And all these lyrics come from trauma. And, and if you know Beanie Siegel, you put fear in the air immediately. And you see everybody in the room getting their bag. Like, they're, 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 they're in their minds. Like, they're going into a different space. You're like, damn, son. We, we, I'm not saying we glorify hurt, but we made hurt sound so good. We made, we made like, I, and I, you know what? I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I'm glad I went through the shit I went through growing up. Cause it made you who you it are. It made me who I am. It made me wanna be a sucker for love, you know? It made me wanna meet a woman and treat her right and do the little things and learn from her, you know? Because I ain't see my pops do it, you feel me? It made me wanna be an older brother. Cause I ain't have an older brother. It made me wanna be a better family member. You know what I mean? Like, it just... We need trauma. And as crazy as it sounds, we, 
you won't go to school try to fix this, that, and the third, but if you don't internalize it, if you don't, and this is something I did in college, y'all. I was dating this girl. And I ain't gonna lie, like, I was I was going through it. I was I was broken. I was the 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 relationship broke me. Um the individual got to me. There was a lot of moments because there was a lot of things about myself I didn't understand, right? There was a lot of things about myself I didn't cope with. And um there was in order for me to identify that, damn, golly, like, you was going through something. Like, you was really going through it mentally. I had to go into, like, my room in the darkness. I just had to sit there and I, and really understand what was going on inside of me. Like, what was going on? Why, why, why was I thinking the way I was thinking? Why, why did I have suicidal thoughts? I remember having suicidal thoughts. I remember going near my school. There was a little bridge where I said, yo, I wanted to f- jump. Like, because this was it, you know? Like, because... And then it's like a friend pulled up and said, yo, what's up? Where we going? We going to, we going to the cab? We going to diner? And I'm like, all right, we out. But I remember having those thoughts. Like, but I had to go into the dark room, right, and realize what was going on in my mind. What was going on in my heart? Why was I fighting these demons? You know, all this trauma all my life, it was compiling together. And then at some point, it turned into this pain that I couldn't identify and I found drugs and alcohol, look, and I know people who do what they do and they living a good life, right? But for me, I was too young doing it. And in the school system, that's why I tell a lot of my students, like, yo, chill, like, you know, you don't need to be smoking, you don't need to be drinking. Cause I know what they fight and I know what they walk, they, they trying to run away from, you know? Some people were molested growing up and that's real. You know, some people seen their parents cheat on each other. That's a real thing. Some people in domestic um, violent relationships till today, that's a real thing. I see individuals on Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You'll think that their life is amazing, but they getting beaten up. They, 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 they don't feel value in themselves. You know, like, like Drake said in Emotionless, right? Reposting pics, you know, so they can relive the moment. You know, these are all things that we have to be able to go back in and understand and, and try to relearn. Like, you know, I'm all about relearning things. I'm all about going back inside and, and like, yo, I did it wrong the first time. You know, I realized that certain jobs that I worked, I was immature in it. Certain things that I said, I was immature in it. But like, I had to like go back inside and identify that. I had to go back in and, and see like, all right, what was going on? Like, how do I get to the next level? I get to the next level by dealing with my traumas. I get to the next level by understanding that these are my triggers. I get to the next level because I understand that I can love, I can I can unlearn, I can be great, I can succeed, I can be the best version of myself. And it, it's like, once we identify it and we start living in abundance and joy and peace and harmony, Look, ain't no such thing as a utopia, but guess what? The internal peace of yourself, there can always be a utopian peace. It don't always got to be pain. More than ever now, as I'm working on my project, I'm understanding that to be at peace is to understand who you are. To be at peace is to understand your surrounding. To be at peace 
is to seeing people from face value. Be optimistic about self, never about others. Be truthful. Be respectful. Have principles in this world. You know, don't dwell. Don't don't live for others. Live for yourself. Because in living in your truth, you start satisfying others. You start you start working for others. You start being the best version of yourself. You know, we've been traumatized all our lives from beatings, from going to Arabic school. And um, they telling you to learn the Quran while they beat you up. You know, we've been traumatized all our lives from watching our mothers say certain things to our fathers. We thinking that's the norm. Seeing our fathers slap our mothers or newborn babies because they missed our mother's face. And these are real things I'm talking about. We've been traumatized. We've been conditioned. And for the first time, we are coming on different platforms and we are speaking about these things. Y'all heard my cousin. Y'all heard him come over here and tell y'all that, you know, gun to the head, seeing his mans get killed. His mans just OD'd the other day on, on, I don't know what, but he's dead now. And it's like, yo, that sucks. But that's that's something that we got to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Like, I was in Buffalo, and I know, I know, I know, I know I'm, I'm going over, over time right now, but I need to express this. I was in Buffalo, and... Uh, you know, I, I met great people, real people too, and I asked a brother, real, real in the streets too, you know, like yo, like why are you not out there enjoying yourself, you know, like say yo, there's wars out there that you know people still remember. I'm like yo, that's mad years ago. He like yo, they got family members, they pass it down. That's what history is about. You pass down the pain so that people can keep passing down more pain. He said, I may be good in understanding that I'm at peace with myself, but they may not be good. And I was like, damn, that's real. Like, damn, that's deep, son. History is passing down more pain, more pain, more pain. And then when do we fix ourselves? When do we teach our kids? When do we teach ourselves? When do we teach our peers that it's okay to be at peace with yourself? It's okay to not take the beef of your family to the next generation. It's okay to forgive those that hurt you. It's okay to do that. Absolutely okay. It's okay to live in your truth, be great, understand who you are, be phenomenal. It's okay to succeed, son. Jay-Z spoke about it in Legacy. When he talked about the different religions that he was being introduced to, he didn't appreciate the past and the fan. These are real things, man. Yo, I, I don't... I realize this. We all gonna have to go through it. We all gonna have to see it. And for my students listening to this, for my peers listening to this, and also for, you know, for those that... Hey, anybody that just come across BG Speaks, man. Identify your traumas. Write them down. Write down what triggers you. Um, go to therapy. <laughs> Speak to somebody. You know, or write about, write about it. You know, do something. Find an outlet. I know for a fact that the gym is it's a great place for me. It's a religious place for me. You got people that go to church, that go to the mosque. I go to the gym. You know, I do a little hookah from time to time. I love it, you know. Um, drink a lot of water, run. You know, think positive. But 
Before you even think positive, get into that negative space of mind. Understand what, what is it that you're thinking. Identify it. When you make mistakes, identify those mistakes. Right? Identify them. If you're called out on it, take notes on it. You might repeat it again probably a hundred more times. But you'll get it right at some point. Yo, don't give up on yourself, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, my audience is powerful. Y'all great. I believe in each and every one of you guys. I know that for a lot of people, there's individuals that just graduated college, individuals going into college, individuals deep in the workforce. Yo, let's identify these traumas so we can flourish and be great. I'm here. I'm a beacon of light to my people. I believe that the marathon still continues, will continue, and we're going to keep working, we're going to keep building, we're going to keep pouring back into the community. It's your boy Bengali Dumbia, also known as BG Speaks. And until next time.